Sachem, Perik Dalad, Mishnah Tess, 4.9, and the last Mishnah of the Perik. And in fact, this is actually probably not a Mishnah originally. This is probably a Tosefta. Um, in the Gemara, you'll see it's not a separate Mishnah, and the Rambam says as much, but he felt that this Tosefta, which is in addition to a Mishnah, which is brought in the Gemara over here, contains some very important Tashkafic lessons, and therefore the Rambam in the Parish Mishnayos gives an explanation, a commentary on this this brisa, and there been a case, even though it's a originally was a Tosefta, brisa Tosefta, let's call them synonymous for now. Um, <clears throat> it ended up being later on included in the Mishnah proper. So here we have it. It says, and it's structurally, of course, similar to the previous Mishnah, because it says Shisha Devarim Asa Chizkiyahu Hamelech. There were six things that Chizkiyahu Hamelech, King Hezekiah, um, did. Similar to the way in the previous mission we had, there were six things that the people of Yericho did. Ashlosha Hodulo, there were three of these six things which the rabbis agreed with Chizkiah's actions. Vashlosha Hodulo, and on three other ones, the rabbis didn't agree with what he did. Meaning he did all six things, but in three of them, the rabbis just didn't agree. Just to make sure it's clear, in the previous Mishnah, we had six things being done in Yericho. All six were not with the approval of the rabbis, but three of them had explicit disapproval um, expressed. Here in our Mishnah, we have three things that the rabbis actually, yes, approved of, and three that they didn't. And here they are. The first of the three that they did agree about was Gerer Atzamos Aviv Almita Shel Chavalim. After the death of King Ahaz, the father of Chizkiyahu, um, who was the 12th king of Yehuda, Chizkiyahu became the king, he's the 13th king of Yehuda, and as part of the burial, Chizkiyahu buried his father Ahaz in a conventional way. He transported the corpse um, on like a rope stretcher as opposed to like a fancy beer that one might use for the burial of a king because Ahaz was a Russia. He was a terrible person and he brought a great deal of idolatry of Vodazara to Kalal Chizkiyahu, in contrast, was a big tzaddik, a great king, and um, both to effect some kind of kapara for his father and also to do a Kiddush Hashem and let people know just how terrible his father was and how Vodazara is. He gave him what is a relatively speaking disgraceful burial as much as he's buried like a common man. If you'll ask what's with Kibbut Av, the obligation of honoring one's parents. So, first of all, you should know that the mitzvah of Kibbut Av applies both during the lifetime of your parents as well as after their death. Um, However, the question is, does the mitzvah of Kibbut Av apply when one's father is a Rasha? So that's actually Machlokas Roshonim. Rashi says, no, it doesn't. The Ramam and others say, yes, it does. Um, But at all events, after the death of a parent who was a Rasha, there's no longer a mitzvah of Kibbut Av or Aim. And that being the case over here, Chizkiyahu did what he did without concerning himself with the mitzvah of Kibbut Av. And Vahodulo, the rabbis were in agreement that that was a great thing to do to send a very powerful, important message to Klai Yisrael. Second of all, the Kitas Nachash HaNachoshes, he ground up the Nachash HaNachoshes, that copper serpent. You recall back to Parshas Chukas, the Jews were complaining about Moshe and the food and water, and the man wasn't good enough for them, and Hashem sent these fiery serpents to attack the Jewish people, um, staving off the plague happened, but then to heal themselves, they needed to look at this. Um, Hashem told Moshe to create this 
Nachash and Nachoshes, this like kind of copper snake that was put on a pole for them to look at, and by looking at the snake, they'd be healed. The truth is that Nachoshes probably best translated as bronze, but bronze is based as copper, and there's with a bit of tin added, so probably much of the same, probably both mean the same thing. I mean, excuse me, the word Nachoshes means both copper as well as bronze. Um, now, what had happened was that Nachash and Nachoshes, the Nachoshtan, this copper serpent, was left since Moshe's time, but people were bringing it offerings, like bringing you know, incense offerings to it, treating it as an idol, and therefore Chizkiyahu thought it was inappropriate, and he, and he uh, it certainly wasn't appropriate, of course, and therefore he saw fit to actually grind it up and get rid of the Nachash and Nachoshes, and the rabbis, Vahodulo, they agreed. If you'll ask, well, once it's been served as an idol, there's actually a mitzvah medoraisa to destroy idols, so why wouldn't that apply to Nechash and Nechoshas? And the answer is that um, they, didn't, they, the people who were doing the Vodazara, didn't have the right to turn it into an idol per se, meaning if you, know, if you have a car in your driveway and I bow down to your car as my car god, whatever it is, so to speak, um, that wouldn't make your car now liable for destruction because I have no right to turn your car into an idol. It's your car, not mine. Similarly, people bowing down to an idol that isn't uh, um, a statue that isn't theirs wouldn't make it forbidden. But nevertheless, Chizkiel sort of got rid of it, and that was the better for the betterment of society. And the rabbis agreed. And the third thing is Ganaz Sefer Rufuos Vahodulo. There was the book of healing, Sefer Rufuos, which is already written by Shlomo Melech, King Solomon, and in it contained the. Um, their medical remedies to all sorts of maladies. So how to heal yourself, get instant healing from whatever was ailing you. And people were going to the, the book and using it to get sort of intense, instant um, healing and therefore not needing to respond to the fact that they were unwell, which was the purpose why Hashem sent them the illness in the first place. So they weren't doing chew, they were just kind of taking you know two pills and getting all better, whatever their recipe for the healing was. So... Chizkiel thought that was not good. He thought that it would be much better people should be unwell and then have to respond to their unwellness by doing tshuva and returning to Hashem. And they were losing that opportunity by having sort of an instant fix. And that being the case, he he was gonez. He hid away this book. Geniza would imply, has a connotation that it will come back one day. It's just sort of in safekeeping for now. That's how most, like Rashi, most learn it. The Rambam strongly objects to that shot. He says there's certainly nothing wrong with going to a doctor and getting healed. And nothing wrong at all with that. And the same way a person, you know, eats food every day and recognizes that without the food, he would be in big trouble. But he understands Hashem provides him the food. He thanks Hashem for the food, and that doesn't make him have less betachon, etc. So, so too, a person can get healed with medication or medical treatment, and that should not necessarily impede on his on his uh, betachon. So the Rambam disagrees strongly. The Rambam explains that what's going on here is this book was like a an occult book, and although it was nonsense, didn't actually have any the the remedies prescribed by the book were certainly not um, efficacious, but the pictures in them was they, they was kept around so that the rabbis could understand what different like occult you know avodazara type things were going on and and what was the avodazara behind these different practices. So it's sort of like an educational manual, if you will, um, on what not to do when they needed to know that. But nevertheless, since people were doing these remedies and turning to the occult, which is certainly forbidden in Jewish law, Chizkiyahu destroyed the book. Or excuse me, hid away the book. And that would that's how the Rambam understands it. Okay, so those are the three things that he did that they did, yes, agree to. 
But there are another three things that they did not agree with Chizkiyahu. Uh, the first is Kitsas Delasos Shel Heichel Veshigran Lamelech Ashur. Chizkiyahu cut off the the doors, the golden doors of the Heichel, of the sanctuary, of the temple, in the, the temple complex, and he sent them to the king of Assyria. Um, the story here is that there was a the Assyrians, um, actually under Sargon II, not the same as the Akkadian Sumerian Sargon from 1500 years before that, whatever it is, um, in like the year 721, 22, 23, he conquered um, the northern half of Israel and took, that's the Ten Lost Tribes story. He did not succeed in taking the southern half. Later on, he did besiege Yehuda, the southern half. Um, but was while he did capture Lachish, etc., he was not successful in taking Yerushalayim. Now, in anticipation of that siege, a great number of things were done. The building of the broad wall, which you can see in the old city today, um, by the post office in the old city, etc., just outside, outside the square. Um, and he also did some other things we'll talk about in a moment. Um, but the end of the day is the Navi Yeshaya said not to worry, Hashem would protect um, the Jews of Jerusalem. Um, ultimately, that is what happened, and there was a plague that beset the the Assyrians, and they had to leave their siege without having conquered or even shot an arrow at Yerushalayim. Um, but be that as it may, um, under Sancheirev, who took over from, from Sargon, like I said, in the, this is like the year like 701 BCE, something like that, he did levy taxes on the people in Yehuda, and there was a heavy tax, and they didn't have enough silver in the treasuries to meet the tax requirements, and therefore instead of, as the rabbis wanted Chizkiah to do, being confident he'd find the money from somewhere, whatever the story is, he actually cut the golden doors off the base of Mikdash to send them as part of this tribute and tax to uh, Melech Ashur Sanacherev, and the rabbis did not agree to that one bit, but he did it anyways. The second, Vahodu Lohodulo, they didn't agree to that. The second thing that he did they didn't agree with is Sasam Me Gichon Ha'elyon. He stuffed up the upper Gichon spring. The story is that um, there's a natural spring, the Gichon, which provides water to Yerushalayim. You'll note that most ancient cities are on some natural water source. Jerusalem, in the middle of the desert, it doesn't have a river or whatever it is, but it does have a spring, the Gichon Spring. You can still see, if you go into the what they were called Chizkiyahu's tunnels today, you can see the tunnel that Chizkiyahu made to access that spring. But he stopped up the upper part of the Gichon so that the Assyrians who were besieging the city from outside wouldn't have access to water. And although that did mess up the water supply, um, and the rabbis therefore were opposed to it, Chizkiah felt it was important to protect the city from the siege. So that's what he did. Bulahodlu, but they did not agree. And the third thing is Iber, Iber Nisan ben Nisan. He, he um, added an extra month. The English word for that is intercalate. But the point is that, that um, as I'm sure you know, the Jewish year is required to stay in line with the, the solar cycle because... Chodesh Ha'aviv is the springtime, let's translate it as, after the spring equinox is when Pesach has to fall. The problem is that our lunar months, 12 lunar months, add up to about 354 days, um, which is about 11 days short of the 365 for the solar year. So you need to sort of add a few days every once in a while. The way it works nowadays, it's a fixed calendar every 19 years. Um, there are seven leap years, which means an extra month, the second Adar Sheni added to those Seven extra, seven extra other shanies of the course of 19 years. 
In the time of Chizkiah, however, that, that, that process, I think, only started in the year 358 of the Common Era. So we're talking a thousand years before that, when they were deciding whether or not to add an extra month based on, um, amongst other considerations, the calendar, the weather, the condition of the roads, and the ability for people to bring the Korban Pesach. So since Chizkiah took over from Ahaz right before Pesach, and because it's a dinder abundant that an, an idol is uh, conveys tuma at least midrabanan, and he wanted to clean things up first. He needed some more time, so Chizkiah wanted to add extra month to give him an extra month to prepare for the upcoming Pesach holiday to make sure everything would be as best it could be. The problem is he only added an extra month at the last moment, and in fact, according to the Chazal, um, later than the last moment, what happened was he added an extra month on the last day of Adar. Sorry, you know, I got ahead of myself. I'm sorry. So he, it, the Mishnah says it was written in Nisan and he added an extra month. So that's too late. Once it's too late, once Nisan's come around, it's too late to add an extra month. So that'd be forbidden. Uh, the Gemara in, in uh, Barachos, Tafyud, says that that's not exactly what happened. What happened was, is that it was, um, it was the last day of Adar, meaning the 30th day of Adar, Adar Rishon. And even though witnesses hadn't come to testify to make it now, the new month and of Nisan, still um, they could have come by the 30th, and therefore, while Chizkiah thought it wasn't too late to add extra month, the din is in fact that once the 30th of, of Adar has arrived, and since it could be Nisan, it's now forbidden Midrabanan to add an extra month. It's too late for that. Um, so Chizkiah didn't do that. He added extra month, notwithstanding the fact that it was the 30th of Adar, and the rabbis disagreed and said, no, once it could be Nisan already, it's too late, you can't add an extra month. But he did anyways, and the rabbis did not agree to that.